This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And we have a special guest on the phone to start this off. We got our buddy and patron, Jake, joining us as well. How's it going? It's going great. Nikola Mirotic got traded. Ricky's a happy man getting a Mirror <sighs> Sheik back. He could bust up the number three jersey. <laughs> Ooh, a Sheik in his throat. Was he number three? I don't know. As long as he can make free throws, which he can't. I know he can't. <laughs> Today we're not talking about that uh, Nikola Mirotic trade, though. We are uh, discussing some fun things, though. We're talking about NBA trade deadline. What team needs a trade the most? We're also talking about will Le- LeBron sign with uh, Golden State? I wake up to LeBron apparently uh, was willing to meet with Golden State uh, during the summer. So that will be a fun discussion with Jake. Uh, when he talks, uh, LeBron to Golden State is going to happen. And then also we're going to round this up, wrap this up with some NBA draft talk. We're talking uh, which NBA prospects or NBA draft prospects best fit with the Orlando, not the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. We already talked about the Orlando Magic. <laughs> you just want to talk Magic all the time, I you do. Homer. Well, I wore the shirt last week. <laughs> And you know now it's just kind of creeping in. Now the now the, the IQ setting in as well because I can't talk today. Um, <laughs> but let's jump into this. And uh, we're talking about some damp dudes. We're talking about some soggy shooters. We are talking about some moist men. Our wet boys of the week. And Jake, why don't you give your first ever wet boy? Oh boy! All right. So my <laughs> my wet boy is uh, Dwight Howard. He's been putting up twenty points per game and thirteen and a half total rebounds with three blocks and. The most shocking part of his week is the fact that he's shooting 77% from the free throw line. Hell yeah. I don't think he's ever shot over 60% in his career. I'm surprised. I mean, what? Oh, I'm, su- I'm surprised he's even putting up 20 points per game. I mean, I'm not the biggest Dwight fan, and you come in and you give Dwight his first uh, wet boy honor. Yeah, I mean, him and Hornets have been it's playing decent as of late. And Kemba Walker's obviously playing good too, but Dwight Howard, he's been efficient. I, he's, I don't know how else to put it. He's just been. Not back to his old form, but he's definitely been surprising me the last week at least. Well, Dave, let's bring in your wet boy because you kind of uh, have a duo I going say, on between the two. We, we're just rolling with the Hornets today because uh, I got Kemba Walker as my wet boy. He's dropping 34 and 5. I mean, it's just fantastic. And this is all amidst the whole trade rumors, him you know, being thrown out basically is like, we'll attach you to move some shitty contracts off our team. And he's still out there, Bond, you know, right, rightfully should have been an all-star this year, got snubbed over Goran Dragic, whatever. That's some drama for some other day. <laughs> But yeah, I mean he he is shooting he's shooting really well and this team I mean not winning as many games as they should be but he is a top tier player in the NBA and had a fantastic week. Jake, I want to bring in you before we go to Ricky because Ricky, I mean Ricky's an all star at this, but I want mm-hmm. to come in because we're talking about all stars. Dave threw it out as well. Goran Dragic making the uh, NBA all star game. I was well, you say said honorable mention wet boy uh, from Ricky Widmark, Goran Dragic. Well, and also Jake's talking a lot of you know smack on Twitter <laughs> saying incoming rant uh, when uh, Ben Simmons doesn't get picked for the all star game. Are you doing okay, uh-huh. bud? No, I'm not doing okay. It's funny when a guy who beats him in one stat makes the all-star game over him because his team has a better record. Well, he beats him by, what, 0.1% too? Because it's like 6. Point point, ni- 16.9 points per game right, to 17. Right. <laughs> he has 0.3 more points, a worse field goal percentage, less rebounds, less assists, less blocks, less steals, and a worse plus minus. But more wins so and a better coach. Yep. yep. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, Ricky, who's your wet boy of the week? Well, mine's got to be James Harden. I mean, you score 60 points in a week. I'm surprised CJ in a game. wasn't one. Oh, you know, game. Like, mm-hmm. For a game for the week. <laughs> 37, 8, and 10 were the averages for the week. But here's the question I had about James Harden that I wanted to throw out Shocker. to you guys. Because I knew he was going to be my wet boy. This was from the DP show. They asked us, 
is James Harden overrated or underrated, do you guys think? Because there's some people that are like, James Harden's amazing, but then there's like, yeah, he can't win in the playoffs. I think James Harden is amazing. Yeah, no, I know. But then there's some people on the R side that are like, ah, he's overrated, can't win a can't win a postseason game. I think the thing is like his perception overall is he's an amazingly talented player who probably doesn't get enough respect, but at the same time, so many people talk about that he doesn't get enough respect that they're sick of it. So it just yeah. turns into like I think he's rated spot on. He he's a top ten player in the league. And yeah, he's probably he's not overrated. I don't think he's overrated. I think if anything, it's just too many people say he's underrated. Where I just think it's it's not true. Well, people don't like the foul stuff as well, where he's flopping every every now and then. He hasn't been yeah. doing it too badly this, this year. This year but, he's placed it back. Well, a and the NBA refs are calling yeah, as much as well. Yeah. Um, he's a. I think he's a clear runaway MVP this year, though. I, I wouldn't so far disagree with that. I mean, so yeah. far the Rockets have been great so far, even without uh, CP3. And I mean, so far, even though James Harden had a week of just chucking up threes, <laughs> shooting twenty six percent from uh, from three. Um, still was 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 ridiculous in that sixty point games the most in a triple double. Yeah. Uh, but we will round it out uh, with my wet boy of the week. We're going with Giannis Antetokounmpo oh. from the Milwaukee Buck, Bucks. Thirty three points per game, thirteen total rebounds, seven assists, fifty seven percent from the field, fifty percent from three. Also shot about eighty percent from the free throw line. And Giannis also got three wins, and the Bucks did in those games as well. Giannis Antetokounmpo not only. Filling up the stat sheet, but also getting wins for the uh, the deers out is this, there. In is Milwaukee. this the like post Jason Kidd effect? Basically, is it's that what hashtag we're play it? for kid. Hashtag play for ball uh, for kid. Hammond. Ball for kid. <laughs> Ho- hoop for Hammond. Hoop for Hammond. Hoop for I like Hammond. it. Hoop for Hammond here on Wet Boys. But the four is not F O or F O R. It's just a four. Hoop number four Hammond. Was she number four? No, just to there's be cool. no significance. It's that oh. Twitter just, thing. Man. Okay. Well, if Becky Hammond was four, <laughs> number four in her playing days, that would have been even cooler. Let's Could, check. Uh, let's check up Becky did, Hammond's did not, real quick. Did not watch. She was right now. She was twenty five. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there we go. Uh, not even divisible. Like, twenty five Hammond doesn't really work out so well. <laughs> yeah. Shot <laughs> fluff tongue. Shout out to Becky Hammond who was number twenty five uh, with the San Antonio Stars. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on now into our first half when we're talking about LeBron James. To Golden State coming out about 19 hours ago. I just want to make sure Chris Haynes of ESPN reported saying James would consider meeting with the Golden State Warriors in the offseason if they were able to create a max salary slot. Uh, obviously, Ricky and Dave with us. We have Jake joining us as well. If you're just tuning in on YouTube, what's up, everybody? Also, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash most available podcast. This is how you can be on a podcast like Jake is right now. And Jake, let's just jump right into it. Will Golden State and LeBron James be able to come up with a, a, contracts, uh, a contract uh, agreement uh, during the offseason? Will LeBron James be golden, uh, donning the uh, blue and gold of Golden State? Do I want it to happen? Yes. Do I think it'll happen? No. I still think he's going to Houston. But just the idea of a starting lineup with LeBron, KD, Curry, Draymond all complimenting Zaza, it would just be, <laughs> it would just be great. No, but in all honesty, I, I think it'd be great to see. Do I think it happens? No. Even Kevin Durant came out and called the report bowl today. So I don't think it'll happen, but I think it would be amazing if it did. Well, and one thing I want to bring up to you just before we go to Ricky and Dave is, why do you want it to happen if you're a Sixers fan? Wouldn't you want them coming to Philly? No, we're winning the East. <laughs> yeah, but, there. yeah, but also you're not going to be winning the finals. Yeah, we're not going to win the finals anyways. Nobody's beating the Warriors as they are. <laughs> 
Well, Dave, let's go to you first. Is it possible that LeBron's going to are you going to will bond us and just shut us down? Or do you think that there's yeah, a possibility, I, even if it's 0.05% chance that this is going to happen? No, I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous that they're even talking about this as a thing. And I think the I, I agree with LeBron. Like if you watch his take on PTI, basically it's LeBron is probably having someone do this to get in the head of Gilbert because of the situation in Cleveland. It's just it, it's a game right now, and that's all it is. It's just a power play, and it's just tossing out something to be like, you know what? I wouldn't pass up going to Golden State just because. Just because. And that's, that's scary as fuck to the rest of the league because you're looking at one team, and it's going to have all of the top talent in the league, and it's just there's no competitive nature left in basketball at that point. So, yeah, I, I just think it's ridiculous. Ricky, I've been See, waiting to hear your hot take. I mean, I'm on the side <laughs> of, like, Dave said something that I was thinking but I'm not like a guy that's like, oh, shut it down. I think there's like, although it's not going to happen, this thing has a little bit of life. Where never, there's smoke, there's fire. Never yep. say never. Yep. Kevin Durant, how many people are like, oh, he's going to go to the Warriors? No, yep. we didn't think that. So, well, I mean, yes, right now. We did do a topic on We it. did. Yeah. But I, all of us, I believe in that, said he's going. I said he's going back to the Thunder. I didn't think he was going to go to the Warriors. But this is, yes, is this. LeBron basically saying, hey, Cleveland, uh, we got a week left. You either do something now or I'm leaving. Oh, and the Warriors don't even think they're out of the question because I could go literally anywhere. That's what that tells me because if he's willing to go to the Warriors, maybe he goes to another team just to leave Cleveland. Now, does he do that? No. Another good point that I heard brought up that's interesting is just by him saying, oh, you know, I would take a max deal from the Warriors. Then if he does go to the Rockets, it doesn't look as bad because he already threw out the Warriors as setting the bar that high. So basically anything other than the Warriors still looks good. He keeps yeah. pace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it because like then he doesn't look bad for leaving Cleveland because it's like, well, you know what? I won you a championship, and at least I didn't leave for the Warriors like I said I was going to. At least that didn't happen. Unless the Rockets win a championship this year. I don't know yeah. about that. I mean, I, th- I think we're pretty, we're pretty, like we're pretty sure. Maybe seventy five percent chance the Warriors are winning the NBA Finals. And literally, saying, the twenty five percent chance is like injuries happen. I'm just saying that that'd be the only way it would look worse for him is if the Rockets won it mm-hmm. and he went thereafter. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing at least with with this whole thing is I, I think. I agree with that there's smoke, there's fire, but I don't know if it's like that LeBron's going to Golden State. I mean, would he be interested in playing for Golden State? Hell yeah. Playing with Mm -hmm. Steph Curry and his buddy KD? Why wouldn't he be interested in that? He's going to play out west, a place that he wants to play. He's home and he could start his business and really he'll be on on the ground out in L.A. Um, I know it's in the Bay Area, Area, but it's close enough. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not Cleveland to L.A. Well, with Um, the Bay Area, he would be closer to Silicon Valley. And that's where he'd be able to get his hand in on some of those businesses because he'd be closer to that because that's really where the Bay Area is closer to. Okay. No, um. <laughs> Already. Yeah. Well, like, I thought he was more going for movies. Like, does he really well, care he about could, tech right He now? could go either I way. He's caring he more. He could go either way because like, Silicon, Silicon Valley has been, like, all the um, reports have been saying, like, you know, if he does go to the Bay Area, that could be something that benefits him. Talking tech here on the Fast Break Podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's Mulan. It's T-I-L, all about the money. Well, and I was, I was just, I was agreeing the fact that, like, again, when we talked about mm-hmm. KD to the Warriors, we laughed about it here yeah. on this podcast, and it happened. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I don't want to do is laugh well, that this is a this, this is a thing, but it is utterly well, ridiculous. Here's the thing, and Jake, I want to ask you this because before we started recording, you kind of uh, said something that surprised me. 
on the warrior side, I don't know if I would want to do this because what I'm looking at, and there's two that I'm two sign and trade possibilities that I'm looking at. If you want to sign him long term, you have to include um, Livingston in the deal. But the one I'm looking at is basically it's LeBron opts into his player option, then it's a sign and trade where the Warriors would send Thompson, Iggy, and draft considerations to the Cavs for LeBron. Then LeBron would have um, he'd be eligible to sign a three-year extension in January, six months after the trade was completed. If I'm the Warriors, would I want to give up Clay Thompson? I know it's LeBron James, but would I want to give up Clay Thompson because you're already the best team in the league? You don't need LeBron James. It'd be the rich getting richer, which I get why you want to do that, but do you need to do that? I mean... It's totally outrageous, and it makes no sense, but I'm all for it. I mean, Iggy's 34, Sean Livingston's 32, so they're not really an issue with giving up. The whole thing is, do you want to give up Clay? And I think, honestly, I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago before this happened. Clay Thompson's contract is up in a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I already think that he was going to consider leaving because he could play a bigger role in another team. Cause he's mm. going to have probably three, four rings by the time he contracts <laughs> up. Why don't you start counting so, rings now? That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I would also like to say that on February 2nd, 2016, was the first report of Kevin Durant coming out that he could go to the Warriors. And today is February 1st, 2018. I don't know, Illuminati, but I'm just saying, (laughs) I I, I just don't laugh at it. I just, I don't think it'll happen. I I don't, but. I don't want it to happen. I want it. I want it to. I'm with Jake. I want it to happen. You guys both want it. Sean, how do you feel? Do you want it to happen or not? I don't know. This is scary. I mean, like, the thing thing is, though, is if they lose Clay, if this was a lineup Mm -hmm. of Curry, Clay, Durant, Green, and LeBron James, then yeah, this this is totally screwed. But again, this is one thing where you're losing Clay, and I'm not saying like, oh, this team's significantly worse with you know with LeBron James over Clay Thompson, yeah. but like again, you have three huge egos on that team, and, and again, people might say, well, they made it work with KD, but KD is a quiet guy, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna have LeBron, who we've seen take over both Miami and Cleveland. Didn't really take over Cleveland, more you know, mm-hmm. didn't really take over Miami, more of Cleveland. Yeah. But this is a guy that really dominates wherever he is, mm-hmm. and now these are guys in Curry and KD who are both trying to build their well, brands, trying to build up their whole aura in, in in the shoe game, and then also just in mm-hmm. basketball in general. And you're playing with LeBron. I mean, it's something where if you have Clay, Clay's a great all time shooter. Mm-hmm. But right now, Curry and Durant are still fighting for who's number one, and there's really not a clear number one. I mean, some people will say Curry's you know MVP right now, but still. Kate, last year, KD was the guy in the yeah. finals in the playoffs. So right now, there's not really that that battle for number one. And now with LeBron throwing in there, that's too many guys that I think is just you know See, being put in there. I, I think the team's think, better. For I don't sure, think but. that at all. And the reason why I don't is the best LeBron that I have seen. And I'm going to say the way I'm going to phrase this is going to come off wrong, but I'm going to phrase it like this for a reason. When LeBron had a coach that basically put him in his place, where you think about the coaches that he, he had. had a GM in, who put him in that place. That yeah. Pat Riley. Pat Riley. <laughs> and Spol- no, Spolster stuck up for himself Sp- and took a stand, though. Spol almost got fired after 11 I games. I know, but Spol then said, you know what, this is my team. That's the turning point we yeah. saw. We would have never seen the Spols that we see today without that moment. You look at him with Ty Lue. Ty Lue's a fucking babysitter out there in Cleveland. Like, David Black got fired. Ty Lue's getting stepped over by LeBron each and every day, sometimes two or three times All a day names. if you count it. Yep. Steve Kerr ain't getting stepped over. Steve Kerr is standing up. 
but I don't think he'd have to. He's not really signed up because he's Le- not on the bench every night. Hold well, on, yeah. but one thing but too. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron wouldn't have to. The ego thing I don't really look at because as long as they're winning, LeBron's not going to care. But, but if they're winning, they're fine. The reason why there's an ego is because Cleveland's not winning like they did. Let's bring in this. That's not true. I mean, Le- LeBron has this ego because mm-hmm. it's LeBron James. He's He's been told since <laughs> yeah. 2004. Four, 2005. Oh, I know he's, he's the best game. basketball player yeah. in the in the world. But it's better when you're winning than you're losing. Of course. Yeah. But the whole thing is, even look at right now, the whole thing with the Patriots. Again, mm-hmm. I'm throwing this out there. I don't think I'm not buying into it. But let's just use it because most of America believes it. Mm-hmm. And I can see where it's coming from. It's the whole thing of the ego of Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady mm-hmm. are battling of who deserves more credit for the dynasty. That's something that is coming through. They've won for 18 years straight. They have been the most dominant dynasty in my lifetime and probably in all of sports. Over the past 18 years, they have dominated the AFC. That is something that comes into factor is who is making this team win? Is it LeBron? Is it Curry? Is it Durant? And it's not going to be all three. You can't say all three. One of those guys, especially with the way that they've been brought up throughout their career, cough, cough, LeBron, mm-hmm. is going to be need to told be told that he's the greatest. That's the one thing that you brought up when we came in, Ricky, is the fact that what has Michael Jordan never done that LeBron's trying to do? Win all 82 games. Well, and that's, <laughs> I was going to say, if he goes to Golden State, that's the one reason why I would go there. If you want to top Michael, win every game. Even the playoffs. 100%. Just win right all the way through. What do you think about that, Jake? I, it's funny. I saw somebody on Twitter today. It was some like big YouTube personality. He said, if LeBron really wants to beat Jordan, everybody says he's not past Jordan because the rings. He goes to Golden State, going to get the rings, mm-hmm. and then what are they going to say after that? I mean, there's a lot. Of well, I mean, he's lost like, in the finals, like the so there's that. <laughs> I don't like that, that's always going to be the yeah. answer for Ricky. So if, if LeBron goes and wins, let's say, four titles mm-hmm. out of Golden State, would he would he be the GOAT? No, he's not perfect. It, but if he wins all 82 games, okay. then we've okay, got so a discussion. Okay, so if he gets seven t- titles more than Jordan? Oh. No, I would still put Jordan because Jordan's perfect, and Jordan would have had eight if he didn't go to baseball. What were you saying, Jake? So like I don't get the undefeated thing because what if one like guy goes one two titles he's two and out so it just I just uh, I think the whole goat conversation for me is I think Jordan is the goat but I think LeBron is the best basketball player I've ever seen that's just how I look I at think it. I think there's a fair compromise in that statement to be, to I be can, honest I can respect what Jake just said like I can agree with that well that's my thing with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers Tom mm-hmm. Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time the most talented quarterback Jeffrey. is Aaron Rodgers. Get out of here with Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees is an inflated offense where they throw the ball 30 yards oh, down he's the He's so talented. Every he's Mr. Saint. This is basketball. This is basketball. <laughs> yeah, he's also, he's also you know behind every single game by 30, so Tom Brady's not throwing the ball as much. The one thing I want to bring up, bringing in the Tom Brady thing that you did and kind of related to this is the thing that you mentioned with the egos with the Patriots, and I heard it put perfectly today. Not egos. Think of it this way. The problem is that Robert Kraft is a guy who he's emotional, where it's like, don't bash Tom. Tom's my boy. I have a connection. Brady, or not Brady, Belichick is not emotional. He will just detach all emotions from you because he knows I might have to cut you someday, and I'm going to do what's best for the team and not best for you. I'm bringing it in here. Uh, When I look at the Warriors, yeah, there are some moments like, Draymond gets a little emotional. That's why he gets the text. That's why he got thrown out of that finals. But as a as a complete unit, I mean the Warriors aren't Spurs level of like no emotions, but besides these little flare ups, I don't see them as an entire team being super emotional. Like they know do the business, this is the job, come and do it right. 
play like this, we'll win a championship. I, I think there's a different level of emotion though. It's it's they they're it's controlled. It's controlled and it's not like aggressive at each other. It's mm-hmm. it's a different like way to do it. Because like Katie's gotten thrown out of a couple of games this year. He's actually gotten a ton well, of that's Katie uh, against the rest. You're fun. Yeah. <laughs> like he he's got a ton of flagrants. It's just kind of ridiculous. But like I think it's more that as a team you don't see the conflict within them. It's more them fighting outside versus mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at this Cavs team and all the internal fighting and the amount that's visible to us. And then you start asking yourself, how much more is there going on? How much of the picture are we even seeing that what's coming out looks bad? The who knows? Effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knows what's going on behind that closed door for the rest of the day? So I, I just I, I agree, but it's still. Yeah, it's not an exact carbon copy, but that's what I would think of. Even if LeBron has an ego and comes in, it's if I'm going to sign you. You have to realize you're coming into this team, and we're not going to throw everything away just to have LeBron on this team. That's the only thing of where the Warrior side of, yeah, I get it's LeBron James. You want the best player on your team. But in the end, do we really want LeBron on our team? Do we really need LeBron on our team? It I mean, comes back to that you question. You don't really need LeBron. Yeah. If and, you're already the best team oh. in the NBA, I mean, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but if you don't get Jake humming and hawing over there, I hear it. <laughs> But then, if you don't get take him, you risk him going to Houston. I Harden, CP3, and and LeBron. That would be a that would be a threat. I would count them as a threat. I don't see any threat to the Warriors right now. But if LeBron would go to the Rockets, I would count them as a threat. So I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to so let's talk about that because then if they get rid of Clay Thompson and bring in LeBron James, it's clear. I mean, unless Clay goes to Houston, it's clear that you know no one's touching. No one's touching Golden for State two years. He can't. He'd go to the Cavs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. You're right. Okay. So my bad. I forgot. Uh, because it'd be it would be the mm-hmm. sign and trade unless they. Yeah. Okay. So so pretty much no one's touching the Golden State. But if he ends up going to Houston, you have the big four out in Golden State: Curry, Durant. Uh, Clay and uh, Draymond, and then you have the big three out in Houston, CP3, Harden, and LeBron James. You're saying that that team could beat the Warriors, Jake? I'm saying they would have a chance. I'm not saying they would beat them, but I'm saying LeBron, I I just want to see LeBron. Another LeBron and Harden together, that would be something to watch. I, that would be incredible. I also think they could, that team would draw free agents, like veteran free agents. Yeah. I think Lou Will might even want to go play for them. Throwing out names again. Yeah, but I, that's a ring chaser think, dream right there. Yeah, yeah, and David West might go there, get another ring. <laughs> I just think there's so many. I mean, I think LeBron to San Antonio would make them a threat. I think he basically he needs to leave the East. That's the whole thing with me with LeBron. Do you, he needs to leave the East. Do you want him to leave the East because you're sick of him in the East and you want the 76ers no. to win the East? <laughs> Is we this just personal motives, Jake? We haven't really even had a chance to beat him yet. That's I true. Even, I don't even... It's just, it's the cat. He just needs. First of all, he needs to get away from the cats. But if he leaves cats, he needs to get out of the East. Well, then let's talk about the the Rockets. If LeBron goes to the Rockets, is he a threat to Golden State? And, yeah. And and okay. is he is he a team that could actually beat him? I'm already saying the Rockets are a threat to Golden State this year. So adding LeBron, yes, absolutely. They're they're even more dangerous team. I mean, the question is how the dynamic changes with LeBron, his ball handling, and the system they're rolling with right now. You know, him taking mid range jumpers just won't fly. So if he changes his game, and I'm sure he will because he's an amazing player, he's going to adapt, he's going to be more efficient, and the team is going to have an even better chance of doing it. It's the question of what role players are they going to lose out on who aren't going to take smaller contracts, mm. like Eric Gordon, uh, Trev Reza, mm-hmm. uh, PJ. Like there's, they've got a great wing core right now, 
but you don't pass up on LeBron James is the problem. Well, <laughs> well and how much does yeah. it move the needle? Does it move him from, like, where's the needle right now? What, what percentage would you give the I Rockets mean, right now? Right now, I'd probably give him, like, a 40% chance uh, in a series. Yeah. And what was that, Jake? That was a little bit of a woo. Was that a woo? What would you get? What would you give the Rockets right now? Wait, wait, you're saying you'd give the Rockets a 40% chance to beat the Warriors? Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now, you say. What would you give them? 20% at most. I, I, I'm just telling you, I don't, unless, if the Warriors stay healthy, I, nobody, nobody beats them. I oh, yeah. just don't. I just don't see it. And I don't even think, I, I, the only way they lose is injuries. And even with injuries, like if KD goes down, they don't win the finals, but they still can win the West. And they proved that Curry. before, too. Yeah, no, they're the yeah, best Curry's team. That's, that's the thing. I'm not arguing with that, but I, I just think that there's yeah. something special matchup-wise. And as far as having CP3 and Harden and the wing depth they have and the offense they have, like I just think if there's any team that can match them, Houston's the team this year. So that, oh, yeah. that's why I'm giving I them agree. the best chance. I want to throw this out because you mentioned, I got this thought when Jake mentioned injuries. Mm-hmm. Looking between the teams, of course, the Warriors have had injury problems. The one I look at is... Curry has had injury problems, especially missing, what was he, missed the whole first round last year, two years in the playoffs? Yeah, well, and then KD missed, and then uh, KD 20, missed. Only played 26 games or whatever. Here, here's the thing I'd look at between the teams if LeBron seriously wants to go to the Warriors. If I go to the Rockets, and either James Harden, really CP3 is the question mark for me because he's had more injuries than yeah. Harden, I believe. If one of those two goes down, how do we look? But if I go to the Warriors... If Curry goes down, it's me, Durant, and Green. Well, we're still in good shape. We're still in pretty good shape. I don't think anyone's arguing the fact that the Warriors have a better no, lineup, I know. and you'll be in better shape <laughs> if anyone has an injury. It's just more the fact that Houston is more likely just because of their cap salary. And the thing that I also go into that makes it a little viable for me, where it's smoke, there's fire, is the big thing we talk about. LeBron is oh, in the regular season, getting your rest so that you're better for the playoffs. Well, right now in Cleveland, it's. I got to save this sinking ship. I got to play a little bit more. We're in Golden State. He could take off games here and there. And really, it wouldn't be like they could all do that. And then in the playoffs, it's like, oh, dear God, they're all rested. And it's on (laughs) God mode. So let's put a number on this. Jake, what percentage would you give LeBron going to Golden State? Will it happen? And what percentage are you putting on? I mean, he's going to Philly, so I'm putting that like a 10% chance. 10% 10% chance for LeBron going to yeah. Golden State. Still pretty high. That, 10%, that's relatively high. 10% uh, ability. Dave, what, what what ability, what percentage, what chance are you putting on LeBron going to Golden State? 0. 0.00001. Okay. I'll, I'll give so you it's a, like hand sanitizer effective. Yeah. Or yeah like I, what, I, that, that, that's, whatever hand sanitizer doesn't kill, that's what LeBron yep. going to Golden State is. <laughs> You nailed it, Ricky. What I'm going to cut Jake in half. I'll go five percent. Okay. I, I know that there's a, there's there's always if, if there's always a chance of something happening. Uh, so I'll go with with Dave along the line of thinking. I will go point zero one percent of it happening. Can I throw out one more question? And uh, this is coming course, from the Ricky. herd. After he gave his percentages, yeah. yeah, he threw out another mm-hmm. one that it's not going to oh, happen. God. But I think it's interesting. <laughs> is he goes and then I'm throwing out a five percent chance. LeBron goes. I'm going to take a sabbatical, take a year off, and semi-retire. Yeah, Zero. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Zero percent chance because LeBron's most competitive Did he get that man. from his NBA scouts? Because he totally oh, watches I have no NBA. idea. Left. I just thought it was an interesting take is all I'm saying. Jake, the first you, half of basketball he watches. Yeah, do you think, it's, do you think <laughs> LeBron's going to take a sabbatical, look for a new job? <laughs> Wouldn't no. have to look for a new job. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what people yeah, do I mean, on sabbaticals. Yeah. They go look for a new job. At, 
Exactly. I mean, uh, Jordan did it. He went to go play baseball. LeBron could go play football. Go to the Patriots for a year. Going to Cleveland. He's, that's, go get that's, a ring. That's their new uh, QB. Uh, all right. That is going to wrap up the LeBron to Golden State talk. Jake, we want to thank you for coming on, bud. Yeah, thank you for having me on. But anyways, let's move on now. We're going to be talking about the NBA trade deadline. It's happening on February 8th. We just saw Nikola Mirotic go to the New Orleans Pelicans for Amir Sheik. Uh, it was uh, not Quindy, Quincy Pondex, so they ended up cutting him. Jameer mm-hmm. Nelson, yeah. uh, Tony Allen, and a first-round draft pick this as year's. well. This year's first-round draft pick from the Pelicans. There are some protections on that, but I think most likely it's going to end up uh, as a Bulls pick because mm-hmm. I think it's mostly uh, like number one. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think if it what becomes said, the number one pick, I think that's the only time it's yeah, actually protected. What I saw was, in quotes, minimal, minimal protections. Mimable? Mimable. Minimal protections. thoughts on the Miritich trade? Because um, they're going to bring in Greg Monroe now, apparently. I like the pick. I don't like bringing in Omir. I don't like that. But, but from the Pelican know, side, you think it's at least a good stopgap because Boogie's out? I think that it could mean that... Maybe it's oh we have Nico just in case we lose Cousins to somebody. Mm-hmm. And you got him for one more year too because mm-hmm. they picked up his options. Well, so. they had to. He wasn't making a trade unless I think they uh, did. Yeah, I, I think this is sudden. I think the Pelicans are kind of stabilizing themselves as we're going for the playoffs this year. This is not you know the the sign that we should just dump it and try to rebuild again. I, I like it. I like the move. Yeah, I think it's fine for both teams. You get a first round pick, and I, I don't care about the uh, uh, mere contract uh, if I'm the Bulls because again, right. you're a rebuilding team. You're not going to have a lot of contracts, uh, big contracts on that team. You're going to have to fill up cap space somehow, some way. So uh, I, I think it's a nice move for both teams. Uh, it's just really now, uh, will Mirtich stay on the team if they're able to keep Boogie? And like, what's going to be the mm-hmm. whole deal with that? Because they're not going to be able to play, pay Mirtich 12.5, Boogie a max, uh, AD the money he's getting, Andrew some money yeah. as well, without addressing that small forward position, which they need to do. Even though Solomon Hill's coming back, I don't know how he's going to return from that injury. Yeah, so, and just to clarify for the for the millions of fans watching at home who want to know, Nico cannot play the three. As a Bulls fan, we can tell you he cannot play the three. Well, and he'll be great in April and probably be terrible from here on out, which trade for him. Yeah, we'll have to see. So let's uh, move on now to what teams need to make an NBA uh, I wouldn't. Which teams need to make an NBA trade deadline trade? It is way too long of a day for me. Uh, which teams need to make a trade at the NBA trade deadline? In your guys' mind, Ricky, we'll go to you first. I mean, mine's very simple. Let's get it out of the way. Cleveland. Cleveland needs to make a move. Like, it's ride or die right now of do you want to lose LeBron or do you not want to lose LeBron? You have to make a deal because losing Kev Love is now... It, it hurts your team. So they're the ones. Yes, it does. They're the ones where it's like, are you going to get DeAndre Jordan? You're going for Lou Will. What are you going to do? What move are you going to make? So now, does this put more pressure on them to get rid of that Brooklyn pick? And if it is for like a DeAndre Jordan, Lou Will? I, I because, don't know. Because necess- you're, if you're saying they need to make a trade, that's going to put more pressure on them to make a trade, which means they might need to throw in that Brooklyn pick. See, and that's the thing where they're kind of, we've talked about it before. They're in a catch 22 of do we sell the pick? Then if LeBron leaves, it's great. We don't have that pick. We only have our own pick. Or do you keep the pick knowing that, hey, we might lose LeBron, but at least we have the pick. If I am the Cavs right now, I go and make a move, even if it means giving up that pick. Because in the end, hey, if I bring on a DeAndre Jordan, maybe that could help me keep LeBron which will be better moving forward than just some Brooklyn pick. Ricky, or not Ricky, Dave, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, on the, on the Cleveland talk first? Uh, I agree that Cleveland's probably the most likely to make a trade. You're, you know, that one is just a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. and they need to do something to uh, stop the bleeding. I don't know whether it's going to be Jordan. I don't know if they're going to have 
everything to pull. Like we thought the George Hill thing was done, mm-hmm. and uh, and now it's been uh, a week and it's still dead in the water. Yeah, like, last, last week you even said, "Oh, good thing we're recording on Friday because the Cavs will probably I have was, a new team." I was hoping they'd have somebody new on their team, but nothing. So I don't know. This is this is kind of confusing. Um, I think if they're gonna go after somebody, though, you, you nailed the need as of right now, at least. I'm more curious to see like some of the outside teams who are trying to you know make that one step up to go either to make the playoffs or you know substantiate themselves as a serious contender. The one that was kind of spicy to me that I spicy is a stupid word. Sorry. The the one that was interesting to me was it's a just spicy like, meat well, well, there was a, a rumor about you know Jabari Parker coming back healthy and mm-hmm. him possibly being shopped again. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait, wait, really? I mean, I get it. The guy has had two serious injuries in a very short career. Yeah. Um, but he still was a number two overall pick. I'm pretty, number two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, number two overall pick in his draft, and tons of potential. Still like super young, but him being potentially shopped for the same DeAndre Jordan or mm-hmm. Hassan Whiteside, someone of that ilk. I mean that that could be really interesting. I think that one kind of they've done so well without him. It turns into the question of. Could we get a bigger need for ourselves? But the thought now is, or the thought, at least in my mind, when you bring back Jabari Parker, it's going to bring a boost to your offensive, you know, your offensive struggles that you had with Jason Kidd. It wasn't like this team was great offensively. You bring in a guy who was averaging around 20 points when he got injured last year. Well, they weren't great defensively give you sp- either, though. No, I know, but but, off- but yeah. offensively, you're at least going to get a spark because this is a kid that was putting up 20 points right. per game when he was when he's there last year. He was an improving three-point shooter as well when he came back. And he was putting around 40, uh, 49, 36, and uh, 74 from the line. I mean, he was able to at least bring that scoring side. I know he's oh, yeah. not the, a great defender, but you know it was at least going to bring a spark to that offense, and you think that it wasn't really the defense that was bad it was just more of the schemes that kid was putting them in you don't think you mean you look at this team it's not like they're a bad defensive team milwaukee it's just more like they are a bad defensive team (laughs) stat wise but the players the individual should not personnel yeah the personnel is not bad defensively so like that's the one thing with with milwaukee is they're not the 27th worst Mm -hmm. uh, uh, defensive team when it comes to personnel stat wise they are that's something that you think would be fixed and then offensively it'd be addressed by just jabari parker coming in helping taking a scoring load off of Giannis, giving another uh, person to pass to out there, taking more pr- pressure off of Thon Maker, and maybe that would just spark this offense a bit. So, I mean, it's out there, but I don't, I don't but, know. I don't think I mean, there's like, I don't think Jabari's going to get moved. The double injury, the question about his future, uh, or you go for a sure shot in a you know top five center in the league. I mean, that's... Just add more wingspan. That could be that could be huge. And I, that's why I said that, like... At first, I want to throw it out because I'm like, no way they would get rid of Jabari Parker. But the more you look at it, the more like, I could see why this was on the table to some people. Yeah. Like, I, it just, it's an interesting one. I think it makes the Bucks like, a scary team. Well, the thing that I look at is the only thing I question about the Jabari trade is, like, I'm looking at an article here that said that Jason Kidd right. reportedly tried to trade him. Yeah. Well, you fired Kidd. Mm-hmm. So why would Jason Kidd, during Jabari's rookie year, try to say, hey, I think we should trade him? You're basically getting rid of the coach this year to then do what he wanted. Like that just well, wouldn't make sense. Mean it's it's a different bad circumstances. Move. No, I'm not it, saying it, it, they, they a fought, bad he got move. fired because he was a bad coach. But I just like I wouldn't see where it was like, hey, you know what? We got rid of him, so let's do what he wanted. It's no, we got rid of him. Let's have the next coach come in and decide what they want to do with Jabari. Yeah, but now they don't have a coach until the, the, the next offseason if mm-hmm. they're. 
ideas to get better and at least you know improve the team that they currently have for this year. It doesn't matter what that next coach thinks because it's for this year. He's not co- you know they're not coaching this team. If they think moving Jabari is going to be the best move for this team, especially if he gets injured again when he comes back, I know I think he's coming back soon. He's going to play about 15 minutes. Yeah, we expect it, to see him this weekend. Yeah, I think, uh, I think against coming? the Knicks. I think yep. it was the game he's coming back against. Uh, you know, if he comes back and gets injured, then you have no trade value for Jabari. So I think that's yeah. that's the thought process of it. It's not really kids move. We're mm-hmm. making it because it's kids move. I think it's just hey, this is a move that we think could yeah. help our team, and especially if it's injured. Business move for the team. And and the other thing that I think you're maybe giving the coach too much credit for like control of the team because. Not all coaches have say in personnel. Yeah. That's been made very clear over the well, years. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's, hey, we fired him. Why would you then go towards him as an organization? Just like, that's totally what I'm different thinking. circumstances the from the time. Injury part saying. of it, though, is why I could see yeah. Jabari Parker getting traded well, because of the injuries. Again, the problem with kid was on the floor mm-hmm. I, I, again. I, I think, you know, maybe he, he didn't think Jabari because you said during his rookie year, he threw this out. That's what it said. On so, I mean, this is just something that he probably just didn't think Jabari fit fit with this team, or at least the idea that he had mm-hmm. with this team. And maybe, you know, this has been a realization that at least this this front office has also come to realize as well that maybe Jabari doesn't fit with this team. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Jabari thing's going to happen. I don't think it's a thing that's actually going to happen unless do you think it's going to happen, Dave? No, no. It's just something interesting that came up. That it's I was interesting, like, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. You know? But I think the Bucks. It's are like the one boogie stuff this year. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it was interesting. Yeah, but I, I still believe like the Bucks are one of those teams where it's like, let's be honest, you need something else because this team, I get it. The, the, the whole term I with the coach is one thing, but like, do you think they have the personnel to go up and compete for an Eastern Conference title and win a series off of any of the top teams in the East, and I don't think they're—I they, don't think they have all the pieces yet. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a, you know, we haven't seen Jabari play at this point yet, so things could change. But at the same time, it's like, do you feel comfortable with that core for you know a championship or even an Eastern Conference Finals run? Yeah, and that's and then, where like I think they're still missing something. Brogdon also got uh, went well, left with the, today's game. Uh, with a, a quad strain, it was non-contact. And he went down, so possibly now they need to make a trade as well. If if Brogdon's going to be out, I think one thing though with the Bucks is I don't think it's really win now mode for the Bucks because you look at Giannis, oh, still yeah. a young player. Chris Mid, still a young guy. I mean, he's I know he's around twenty seven, but in his prime. Same with Bledsoe. Same with Brogdon uh, when healthy. Uh, Jabari only twenty one years old. I mean, the the core of this team is still young. I don't think it's win now mode um, in, in Milwaukee right now. So I think that's something that you can at least attest to that maybe I don't think you move Jabari unless you're super petrified of the fact that this guy is going to be injured consistently throughout his career. Let's get him away. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's poor ethics just trading away because you're afraid of injuries. But if he's going to hurt your team, then get him off your team, uh, if that's if that's what you're thinking. Uh, the team that I think that needs to make a trade, though, and this is something that um, I think this team is a good team, a talented team, uh, the way they are now. I know some people will call us out because we didn't give them enough credit when we were doing our postseason playoff predictions. I know this is a team that you guys were sleeping on the Toronto Raptors. I uh, had back, a feeling it would be Back in the playoffs. Uh, I had a tr- feeling it would be that. Toronto right now third uh, in the NBA when it comes to uh, point differential. Seven uh, points they're winning their games by, and that's behind Golden State at eight and Houston at 7.7. So some pretty good company there for the uh, for the Toronto Raptors. And right now the Raptors are two games back of the Boston Celtics. And if we're talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers being in nuclear meltdown mode, what is a team that's consistently been near the Eastern Conference Finals? I know Boston's still there, but what team has been consistently in the Eastern Conference Finals, has been there before up against mm-hmm. LeBron, and hasn't been able to do enough? Toronto Raptors. You look right now, and especially with the, where this team is age-wise, Kyle Lowry above the age of 30, DeMar DeRozan right in his prime. This is a team that I think right now should be in win-now mode, and if LeBron looks weak, 
this is where you need to attack. And I think one thing that this team has been doing really well of is shooting the three this year. This is a oh, team yeah. that is obviously has been struggling for, you know, not a team has struggled, but they struggled to adapt. Uh, Dwayne Casey did for at least the past couple of years of, you know, really adapting the three point shot. This year they have done a great job of doing so. However, it's not like you can't get any better. It's not like, it's not like you can't imp- you, you can always improve is what I'm right. trying to say. Right, right, right. And right now as a whole this team's only shooting 35% from 3 and you look at their players, right now there's four guys shooting above the, uh, f- uh 40% from 3. Uh Malcolm Miller, he takes about 1.3 uh, a game. He's also played like I don't know. Not that many. he's also yeah, played uh, three games. So obviously <laughs> that doesn't count. Uh, Pirtle, uh, a big guy, forty nine games, but he's only taking. I think he's probably only taking two uh, this whole season. Uh, Valanciunas. The point I'm trying to make. There's three guys that are either not playing or they're two big guys who aren't shooting threes. And then there's also Fred Van Fleet, who's a monster. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I think the one thing that they would look to is is adding a PJ Tucker again. Uh, a PJ. Type player, uh, got it, got type it. player again. Not adding PJ Tucker because yeah, I'm not going to get him from Houston. Uh, but <laughs> adding a PJ Tucker like player again because you need a, a guy who can come off that bench and, and start drilling threes and start knocking them down. And I think that would be something at least in the playoff and come playoff time. We saw it was very v- valuable for the Wizards when they brought in Paul, Paul Pierce. Having a guy who can hit threes in clutch moments, having a guy coming off the bench who can do that and be a consistently great three-point shooter, that would be something that can get, can give them a huge spark because that's just going to open up your offense even more. And when you get to the playoffs, this might be something where, hey, we know how great DeMar is in mid-range. If oh, we're yeah. able to expand the spacing on the floor and have a dangerous guy from three, it's going to give more room for DeMar to work work on inside and in his mid-range game. So I think that's something, and I know DeMar's been great from, from three this year at DeMar standards, uh, but still, this is something that's going to help DeMar, it's going to help Kyle Lowry, um, it's going to help OG Anunoby as well. I think that's something where Toronto, if you are going for the kill on Cleveland, if you're trying to take down Boston as well, Boston, again, has a smaller, uh, a larger window because there's team, their team's a little bit younger than uh, Toronto is, at least their core. Um, I think this is now the team that needs to make a move because if you smell blood in the water with Cleveland, this is your time to take your shot because we see the injury problem with IT. We see the injury problem with mm-hmm. K-Love and just the whole terrible locker room. That Cleveland's currently going through. This is now your time to attack if you're Toronto. Well, here's the prop. The only problem that I have with the Raptors is the big thing is they don't own their pick this year. No, they don't. And I feel like if they had that, it's like okay, cool. That's something that could benefit them because one guy, and I'm going to use him in the next team that I'll mention, but I would like him here to the Raptors also is um, Tyreek Evans. I think that's a guy that they should go for. However. Because you don't have this year's first to offer, mm-hmm. I look at that and go, yeah, you can give up the player to make the contract work, but would giving up a future draft pick instead of this draft pick be beneficial to the Grizzlies when they could probably get a this year pick from a different team? I mean, possibly, but then you could also just throw float out and float the fact that you could probably give them twos as well. I know they don't have their two for this year because uh, mm-hmm. they sent that to the PJ Tucker deal uh, to Phoenix. But I, I think again, you know, you can move different pieces that just aren't. You can give them more pieces that aren't just you know this year's first. I get it that it's this year, but then also, hey, you know, maybe that this year's first is a team that's you know near the bottom instead mm-hmm. of a two. So yeah. Yeah, that's going to make Toronto's you know pick less valuable. And I mean, the thing that I just looked at is not only did do they not have this year's first. Next year's first twenty eight or no the twenty eighteen they can't is trade Brooklyn. back to back yeah um so for me and I'll just mention it the team that I looked at was Denver so I'm comparing the two now Denver and the Raptors 
if both of them go for Tyreek, Denver could be a team. Hey, we'll offer you a player, and we can give you our we can give you a pick mm-hmm. this year because, like for Denver, they're on they're a fringe lottery team. So it's like, hey, if we're trying to add someone to make the playoff, that pick don't matter to us. We've yep. got young talent. Let's give that pick away to bring someone in that could hurt a team like the Raptors, who could be adding a similar player. I don't know if this is this is something that I want to throw this out there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is something that will actually work. Um, but Fred Van Fleet playing out of his damn mind, and, mm-hmm. and, and I, I brought him up, and I don't think this is a player that you know should be moved. But it's not a for sure certain that Fred Van Fleet's going to stick around in right. Toronto because he's an undrafted player. He's and technically, they're third on the rotation too. Yeah. I know he's fighting for that second spot. They have two twos, but, but yeah. Fred is a guy that can leave after this year, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe with the way he's been playing, maybe you try to move him. I mean, he's an expiring deal, a guy who's been playing really well for you. Maybe you try to move him and get that. So you also have that asset of Fred. Fred who you know he could possibly bring you some more help uh, at a different position that's already you know kind of clogged with Demar Derozan already in front of him and Kyle Lowry as well because he's a guy that can go one to two. I got not two. really that great of a passer, but one to two, he's, he could be more of a combo guard. Two trades for you guys to grade. Both of them include the Nuggets on my side, Raptors on yours. Both going for Tyreek. Mm-hmm. First one's the Raptors, so they don't have the pick, but they would get Tyreek, and they're giving up Van Vliet, like you said. And then I'm going to screw up this last name. Um, uh, Bruno. I'm going to not even say his last name because Dave took it. That's all you get. Whereas Denver, hey, we'll give you uh, Emmanuel Moutier, but we'll also give you our first-round pick too. That's a lot. Yeah, I say that that's the way better deal for uh Yeah, for Memphis yeah. I'm checking that because I mean Moody is still young. I know yeah. he doesn't be good, but he's still young and, and you're getting a first round pick. And Bruno's still two years away from being two years away. So like that's <laughs> just never gonna die. That's yeah. never gonna stop. I mean unless they, you they, try they, to trade like a um a Lyles instead of Moody I don't know, Trey Lyles is actually Popping out a little bit, giving exactly. young players up in yeah. Denver. There's uh, no point, and especially because Evans' contract is only this year. I mean, yeah. you're only getting them for the last couple of months. So I would like, be only looking for a first and a, you know a young like a, not a young guy like a, I wouldn't be trading a guy with value. Yeah, if I if I'm the Nuggets because you have that one. The yeah, only, I think the Nuggets are probably just like if you're going if you're going for something, you're not giving up anything that's long term. There's no long term prospect that's worth it. The probably then the only expiring will be Will Barton then, Will Barton for Tyreek. Mm. Would be, but you're then exchanging. The but then no. you're exchanging. Well, according to the trade machine, it gives them seven plus wins. Who? Denver. If they yeah, will because Barton they're getting. They're, I, but yeah. like it doesn't move the needle for Memphis. Is what no. you're saying? Or for Memphis, no. But yeah. I'm not worried about Memphis. They'd be getting a pick. That's know. all they would be worried. I, about. Uh, if, so you're giving them the one. Yeah. Okay. Like in order to get Tyreek, I'd feel like the Nuggets would have to give up their first, but. It comes to a situation of if I'm trying to make the playoffs and I already have this young team, what's another draft pick of a fringe lottery guy, maybe an out of the lottery guy, really going to do? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't like. Any Is Tyreek the most? Because they, they're giving up too much. They're giving up too much for if you're Denver, and they're giving mm-hmm. they're giving up too little if you're Toronto. I only mentioned Tyreek because um, Denver's going for either Hammer Collison. It looks like. Yeah, I, I just wonder because he's having he's had such a great year this year, and he's expiring, yeah. and he's expiring contract. But it's like, is he the most uh, sought after free agent at this point for next year? Or I'm sorry, not free agent. Sorry, um, guy in the trade block, no. like. Lou Williams. I would Lou take Will. Lou Williams over Tyreek Evans. Mm-hmm. I would take DeAndre Jordan yeah. over, over Tyreek Evans. I'm I don't, ca- at, I don't care I'm about the I'm looking at smaller yeah. guys, but do obviously think Denver's not going for Lou Will. L- l- the question is, we don't know if the Clippers are all in on you know the tank mm-hmm. yet. Like It mm-hmm. looked like it, and w- w- we have to wait and see. So I'm saying, outside of like the two guys you named on that team, I mean, is there anybody else you know who's on the block? Like Avery Bradley is a guy who I think about who 
not having his best year, but at the same time, you know him. He's got experience in the playoffs. He he is a solid two who can give you some shooting and some defense. Like that's a guy who, unless the price tag is incredibly high from Detroit, like I think that's a guy who should Los be Los Angeles. Getting, uh, that'd be interesting. Los Angeles. He got traded to. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You said Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I had to yes. look. I had to look it's recent, next Dave. over. Yes. It was recent. Yeah. Remember, it was, it was if it was, they go the one over. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was uh, Tuesday. He got traded. So that's well, why we're t- still talking about but Bradley thing, Beal. Like, and it goes to the Clippers, like you said. Of and here's the thing that I just like wrap this around your head, possibly. Yeah. If for me, it's oh, is the Clippers going to make a deal? Well, it depends on if Gilbert picks up the phone. Mm. And could you imagine? The Clippers, either if it's Lou Will or DeAndre, whatever trade you're making for Cleveland, yeah. if they have their own pick, Detroit's pick, which right now is a lottery pick, and the Brooklyn pick, and they get three lottery picks this year. I mean, that's a lot of lottery picks. No, that's what I'm uh, saying. Like yeah. That could happen, and they could do that for if who? they go to move Lou Will or um, DeAndre to Cleveland. If they make a trade with Cleveland, they could try— three lottery picks? Well, they already have their own in Detroit's. They would be adding a third one with the Brooklyn pick. Oh, you're yeah. saying Los Angeles? Would, yeah. yeah, I think they would you're be saying one. Cleveland needs to th- no, no, trade no, no, no. three picks. No, I was I'm confused. saying the Clippers could then have potentially, depending on what Detroit does. Yeah, they'd be three loaded. They'd be exactly. Building. Yeah, I would be all over that if I'm the Clippers. But, but I would be, right if I'm Cleveland, I'm not giving up that Brooklyn pick. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be given with that broken pick unless it was for a guy like Demarcus Cousins or like you know <laughs> Anthony Davis or something like that. I, I want a guy who's going to be uh, a top fifteen, top twenty player. Mm-hmm. Wow! If, if I'm trading that Brooklyn pick, so you that, wouldn't do it for DeAndre Jordan? No, that that's not going to help you beat the Warriors. It's not and Lou Williams is not going to help you beat the Warriors. I wouldn't trade any of those guys for the Brooklyn pick. Not at all. It was shot at number one overall pick with the guys that we're going to be talking about in the Mavericks deal. Mm-hmm. No way. What move? Here's a question. Then I'll follow that up with: mm-hmm. What move would you make then if you're Cleveland? For Cleveland, I'm getting Jay Crowder the hell out of my locker room. That's the number one thing. Because <laughs> that guy's who, who cancerous. Would, who would want to take him? I don't know. That's I don't. A, but that's the I thing. would. It's kind I would of like give. The, I would give someone a. No, I would give someone a first. It's kind of like when I got upset about the Omer Sheik thing. It's like really, who wants to take him? So we're stuck with. I mean, Jay, Jay doesn't have like, a yeah. joke. Him Noah. Yeah, but Jay, wait, Jay's contract's not as bad as those guys. Yeah, like that's that's the one thing that at least is the saving grace of Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder doesn't have a terrible contract like Amir Sheik and uh, and and uh, Joe? Joe, Joe Kim Noah does. He's got five years, thirty five mil. That's not a lot. Seven mil for Jay Crowder, who's been terrible this year. Uh, but I mean, hey, I mean. He's a guy who could possibly be a three and D down the line. He's only well, twenty seven. The, the right question now. is now all. I mean, the, the shit's starting to look suspicious coming out of uh, uh, Boston. Every player mm-hmm. who has left Boston is now having is a career worst year, pretty much. Uh, Not career worst, but like Olenek. a heavy heavy drop off. Olenek's interesting. Yeah, he actually is doing good down in Miami. I guess. Yeah, Olenek's So it's just it Crowder, Bradley. Mm-hmm. Those three have all fallen off pretty much. No, we're not calling Antizizic. I mean, he didn't play, so... I was being an ass. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, it, it's kind of interesting. How much was the system? How much was the player? And how much, you know, Brad Stevens? Well, let's let's look at this. I, Isaiah was hurt. Jay Crowder, we never said he was a true great player. Only ESPN... Great, but uh, shit, only, good. Well, ESPN put him in his top 40 above well, they're, DeMar DeRozan. They're yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, the only people who thought Jay Crowder was great was ESPN. They bought into that. We never said Jay Crowder is an all-star level player, which ESPN was saying yeah. they were. We would never say that about Jay Crowder. We right, were shocked right. that Jay Crowder was hitting threes at the rate he was hitting uh, threes last year. And the thing with Avery Bradley, I still think Avery Bradley's good. He's just been banged up, and he hasn't been a fully healthy. And also... That you know, Avery Bradley's position does so well when the ball is moving, and when you have Reggie Jackson, who is a black hole on offense in my mind, 
you're not going to be the most effective player. Let's see how Avery does out in Los Angeles when he's healthy playing. That's right. going to be the biggest thing with Avery Bradley. I think I think you can definitely make the case for like a Jay Crowder being a part of the system and possibly even Isaiah Thomas as well. Um, as well as you know, I think it could still be like a guy who puts up 20 points a night, mm-hmm. um, but but not 30. But not which is what he did last. No, time. but not 30. But like that's what I'm saying. Like that was a product of the system. I think Isaiah Thomas is a good basketball player, but yeah. he's not all-star MVP level like he was last year in that system. That's that's the product of the system right yeah. there last year. Um, anyways, final thoughts on trade deadline and teams that should or need to make a trade. No, mine is my number one team is Cleveland, duh, and they got to make a deal, but they're going to have to give up the Nets pick to do it. My thing with Cleveland is not really taking in talent. It's getting rid of talent. It's getting rid of J.R. Smith. It's getting Knowing rid of LeBron's Jay Crowder. Leave. No, I would just be doing this because I think if you want to at least make it a better locker room mm-hmm. out there, you get rid of Jay Crowder. You get rid of J.R. Smith. Then you need to get rid of those the guys. First gone. one on that plane. I'm you can't. Him, you can't because there. then LeBron's already booking. He's going to Trivago. He's booking his flights to <laughs> to Golden State. Going to Trulia. He, no, he's got two houses in LA. He's fine. No, but he's going. He's going to Trivago to get mm-hmm. the to get plane the hotel. Yeah, yeah, the hotel on the plane. So he's going. He's going to the Bay. He's going to LA, and he's going to uh, mm-hmm. to Houston. If you trade Dwayne Wade, you're not trading Dwayne Wade. I understand that he's a cancer. No, that's but you're not trading exactly D Wade if, if LeBron throws it there. out there. Damn. So uh, no, that's D Wade's not getting moved. But Jay Crowder gone he needs to go uh same with jr smith those guys need to get get the hell out of cleveland if you want yeah. if you want a better locker room because totally k-love doesn't de- deserve that disrespect i was gonna say we can't make the k-love joke because he's injured he, he's well, not we, done that we yeah. always make a k-love joke <laughs> i made a k-love joke when he got injured i said uh, it's questioning the legitimate uh he didn't get a note from his doctor yeah yeah he didn't uh anyways uh any final thoughts dave no nah, the only guys i got left at this point i pushed courtney Lee last week i thought mm. i still think he's in he's still valuable to some team out there the other guys rodney hood has been shopped around i heard the bulls were interested uh, I've heard between Bulls, Pistons, mm-hmm. uh, the Nuggets, and uh, I, there was one other team potentially in the mix. There, there's a handful of teams. He's a good score, but yeah, what's the value on him? We'll wait and see. Does DeAndre get moved? No. Does Lou Will get moved? Forty percent chance. Does Reek get moved? Yeah, sixty percent gets moved. Where? <sighs> D- Denver. Denver. I'll go with some bum ass team named Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> nah, just, <laughs> they had Jeff Green. Wait, wait. He's bu- since, he's budget. He's since budget when reek. is Jeff Green? By the way, budget reek. <laughs> you said Jeff Green. This I don't know why this popped in my head. I gotta give props to Channing Fry. Did you hear what Channing Fry said this week? Nope. What? He is all in on the Cavs, and he would be fine with being traded if it meant the Cavs could win another title. <laughs> It's a team player so, right there. That's why I didn't throw props out props to Channing Fry, and that's why I didn't throw Channing Fry's <laughs> name out there when I'm talking about getting Jay Crowder and Jr. Smith out. Um, anyways, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for this segment. Let us know in the comments what you think about the teams that need to make a trade in the NBA trade deadline. Any teams like Cleveland, Toronto, or uh, you said Milwaukee? I did. Well, you yeah, you ended up going. You just threw out Jabari. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just think that'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. I, I just don't think, think they can compete for an Eastern Conference uh, championship but without moving somebody to get somebody else. I don't think the window's right now. That's a probably thing. not. So no. I, I would rather see Jabari stay on the, on the Milwaukee team. Oh yeah. Anyways, let's jump into our last and final topic. We're talking about the Dallas Mavericks and the NBA draft. One of our favorite topics here on the Fast Break Podcast. We know it's one of your guys's as well. And what we were talking about is which prospects best fit the Dallas Mavericks. And we're going to do three scenarios first, and then we're going to talk about which overall prospects best fit. But the scenarios we're going to have is that if the Dallas Mavericks have the first pick, they have the third pick, and the fifth pick. The reason why we're doing those numbers is because right now Memphis has uh, is a slot at ticketon.com as the seventh team. Uh, seven team at least lottery wise uh, and they are only three games back of the number one pick so these teams are tightly packed uh, from seven to one so anything could change 
So the Mavericks can fall, Mavericks can go up, they could stay the same. So we're going to do three, one, and five in that order because right now Mavericks are at three. So Ricky, mm-hmm. Mavericks are slotted at three using your big board, your mock draft, whatever you want. Who would be on the board? And out of those prospects that are on the board, who would best fit the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, using who I would hit? Well, well, whatever. Like, who do you think would go one I'm going to say DeAndre Ayton. And the only reason why Would be is, the best fit for Dallas at three? It would be. Because, would, he be the, would he be around? Well, that's the thing. Because the one that I'm looking at, and I'm, the reason why me personally mm-hmm. not going to give up who my one or two would be is because I'm going to tease you guys. You guys can come back in two weeks and figure that out because that's when our mock draft comes out. Could it's always the, change. It's Valentine's oh, Day that week is when our next mock draft will be. But I'm looking at Tangathon. They got Luca. Then they got Trey Young. The, this team, you've got Harrison Barnes, so the three's locked down. Yep. You drafted Dennis Smith. The two's locked down. Like I saw an article where it's like, should they draft Trey Young? It's like, well, you got your point guard locked down. You don't need to go ahead and get another point guard. Luca would work, but at three, I would... I would go for a big guy, and I would go Aiton over Bagley because that would be the it would be either Aiton Bagley or Bamba, and I would go Aiton over both of those guys. Out of those, uh, out of those two guys, Luca mm-hmm. and Trey Young, because both of those guys technically don't fit because mm-hmm. Luca size wise is a, is a wing player, so you could possibly put him at the two defensively, and then offensively he'd be a one. So that's really you mm-hmm. know going over uh, you know it's it's. Encroaching on Harrison Bards defensively with the three spot, and it's encroaching on Dennis Smith at the one spot, uh, at least offensively. And, and Dennis Smith isn't that great of a spot up shooter, so I don't know. I really know if he would be working as a two. And Trey Young, I don't know if he's big enough to be a two. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's he's a great passer as well. So I mean, out of those two guards, which guy which guy do you think fits best with the Mavericks, Trey Young or, or, well, or Luca? First, I want to say it all depends on what's going on with Wesley Matthews, like. If Matthews accepts his player op, then it's like, okay, we don't really need either of those guys because yeah, we got the two locked but down. But then again, Wes is like over 30 yeah. years old. You'd rather go with a young guy for the but future. if we don't, and usually whenever we talk about player ops, we assume that they're going to deny it to try to get um, more money. Yeah. I would lean towards Luka only because of the fact that I feel like he could play the two better than Trey Young could. Yeah, like, that would be the debate in my head. Do you agree with that? I mean, I don't think he's going to play the two regardless. I, I think that I would do Trey Young and Dennis Smith Jr. as your backcourt, and you can have them flip-flop whichever way you want to. Um, I just think that that gives you one of those dangerous backcourts. You have the hyper-athleticism of Dennis Smith, and you have Trey Young who's just going to take shots from anywhere on that fucking court, and he's an excellent distributor. I just think that that pairing would be really sweet. I love Luka, um, but I don't think that he would end up playing the two he's he's too big he doesn't have the explosive speed um at this point in his career he can always get that but it's just a matter of like where he's at size wise um i think that he's gonna be kind of more the gordon hayward role he's gonna be a three um but he's gonna be the primary ball handler Mm -hmm. you know um see i honestly i I would lean more towards going for like someone like trey young over luca for that for the so you'd rather go Trey Young over Luca for if, if you're for picking between fit, those yeah. two guards at, on Dallas yeah for that fit yeah and then at the third spot using whatever you want to use so you know if you're using Tankathon where he has Luca and, and Trey going off the board at right. that three spot I mean is it DeAndre Ayton like without a doubt then Ayton seems like the easy you know guy to push because they literally don't have a center like there is not a mm-hmm. guy like it's just it's they not have as... Nerlens technically right now but they're not playing him and he's not that, doing yeah, anything say, and he's also gonna the line be a has been drawn year. in the sand and he's not coming back. He's yeah. not welcome there right now. It's just a pain in the ass. Um, I think Aiden 
he, he still has amazing, amazing potential out there. And I think that's worth a shot at three. Like if he's on the board, take him. Um, this is so, this draft is such a weird, volatile place because like we've got five guys in the discussion for like the number one overall. And then that fills out randomly as you go. So if we're saying Luca Trey off the board, I'm looking at Aiton, um, Bagley and Porter left. Yeah, I, I like I like going with Aiton. Go with a you know a massive big with huge upside and with amazing scoring potential. Well, let's say Aiton's off the board. Then who do you who are you going with at three for uh, for, the, for the Mavericks? Who do you think fits best? Because then are you going to go with uh, a, a Luca, a Trey, or are you going to go again back to that center spot or power forward spot and go with a Jaron Jackson, or are you going to go with like a, yeah, a, a like, Mo Bamba? I like Jaron Jackson better than Bamba at the moment, um, but at the same time, like I I'd run Luca at the three and Harrison at the four. Mm-hmm. Like I have no problem with that. I think, He's got the size. Harrison, yeah, Harrison I does. think that actually is a really nice fit for them. Um, yeah. So if Luca's on the board at three and Aiton's gone, then mm-hmm. I would take Luca. If uh, Trey Young's on the board at three, I would take Trey. Basically, it's it's one of those three would be my three priorities. Like I think well, the I think the one through three is like locked in in my head. But like you said, Triple J on the outside. If somehow something happens, there's a shakeup. I like his fit, and I think that he is a guy who people are still underrating right now. Um, and we'll see, you know, as, as tournament time closes in and what happens going forward. But, like, he's a guy I keep my eye in on the outside. Well, like, two things. First off, with me, I feel like that if I'm a Maverick fan and if you're sitting at three where the Mavericks are right now, I would kind of hope that Luca and Trey go off the board first so then I wouldn't have – that it's like oh that decision's taken out of my hands kind of a thing yeah i don't have to worry about I mean, it because i look at their backcourt and it's like really the only ones under contract right now for sure for next year dwight powell then dirk if he's going to come back for next year because anything could happen but they have the club options could take and then um Kleebler in the or keebler in the um front court where it's like nerlens is up you have all your other guys up as well mcroberts too that's why I would go Aiton. And the one thing that I was looking, this is from um, SB Nation Mavs site, Mavs Moneyball. They asked a question talking about Luca. Mm-hmm. One of their guys said that um could go with the young talent. He fits perfectly with Dennis Smith and Barnes and has the ability to play three positions. Yeah. Athleticism may be the question, but he's clearly the most progressed prospect as of today. Yeah. End quote. And that's why if I had to do it, I'd go Luca. But really, I would hope that they are gone. Then I could focus on the back court, which is our front court, which is really the big question when I look at that team. Yeah, if I'm if I'm the Mavericks and I'm looking mm-hmm. at this from a, a, from situation, if Aiton's on the board, it's clear go with Aiton. Even if he's lacking defensively, go with DeAndre Aiton. That's pretty clear to me. If Aiton's off the board, and let's say Luke is off the board, mm-hmm. then you're looking at Trey Young, you're looking at Michael Porter Jr., you're looking at uh, Mo Bamba, you're looking at Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges, whoever you want to throw out Bagley, there. Yep. Uh, Bagley as well. Um, I think it comes down to Bamba and Bagley. Because Bagley obviously has that upside, same, same as Mo as well. Um, but Bagley has that athleticism and that upside, and pairing him and Dennis Smith Jr. would be freakish with those two players athletically. And then... Also, Mobamba throwing him in there because I think Mobamba has the ability to become a defensive monster, possibly a defensive first team player uh, in the NBA, and also he's showing 
a part of that that offensive side that looks absolutely dangerous. He might not be as athletic as Marvin Bagley, but he might age well and fit into the NBA better. And that's why I would say those two guys are come down to the picks. I would kind of be on the other side of that, where like I was surprised you of all people because of how high you've been on Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. throughout. If Luca and Aiton are gone one two. Yeah, I get Bagley and Bomber there, but I would have a serious thought of let's just take Michael Porter there, move Barnes over the two, have Porter, two? Barnes, Barnes and two. We'll have ba- Porter, Barnes, and Dennis Smith in our backcourt and on the wings, and we'll figure out the front court when that happens. Why wouldn't you just put Barnes to the four or Porter to the four? Yeah, or those guys are massive. Or yeah, either way, that's the thing. Like, I was surprised that the fact. Yeah, I was surprised the fact that you said, "Oh, Bagley, Bomba." And just kind of pushed Porter off to the side. Well, I don't know. If you're looking at Dennis Smith Jr., who came in with two bum knees. They're not bum knees, but he had mm-hmm. ACL, ACL. Tears, right? Uh, that's not a guy that I want to take a shot on. Because especially with the injury, and we don't know if he's coming back. He hasn't come back yet. Uh, Porter Jr., I wouldn't I wouldn't take a shot injury-wise. If, if I am the, the Mavericks as well. You look at Dirk hasn't had the healthiest knees as well. You've had a lot of injury issues <laughs> out there in Dallas. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be going if I to, to Michael Porter Jr. if I am the Mavericks. That's why I'm looking at Bombo who could fill Even out that five spot. Back and not the knees. Yeah, an injury is an injury. I'm okay. saying injury problems. Okay. Doesn't, I'm not saying like his knees are cursed. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that injuries are injuries. That, that's the one thing yeah. that I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying I would just stay away from that if I was if I was the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I think there's some bad mojo going out there. I think Cuban like bought but I mean, the wrong it's one thing more year of the tank. It's just an extension of the tank if he's not, you know, excellent. Well, and the thing is, I think that Dennis Smith as well. I think Porter. I don't think anyone expected I, Dennis Smith to play this well coming off of those injuries. Yeah, well, well, I mean, the thing those were in high school though, and yeah. he came back and he's looked fantastic ever since those NC State yeah. days. I just think Dennis Smith can be the guy. I think he could be your one, and I think Porter would be a one as well where Bamba and Bagley might be able to fit into that two spot a little bit better. I know Bagley wants to be the one right now at Duke, uh, and that's why he's taking so many damn shots and leading that offense at Grayson Allen's not. Uh, but so far, I think that I, I think Mo Bamba would probably be the best fit at, at three, just because he's I think he's got the he, measurables, man. I think he, he's got the measurables. He fits in well personality-wise with Dennis Smith Jr., Defensively, he's a stud, so he can pick up anything Dennis Smith isn't. I mean, obviously, they're completely different players. Uh, but at least, you know, he can at least be defensively great, and Dennis Smith can be offensively great, and they can both right. be very good, both defensively and offensively. Um, I feel like they'll be able to pick up each other's slacks, at least star-wise. I, I really like Mo Bamba to, to, to the Mavericks. So at three, I would probably lean Mo Bamba over everybody else if Aiton and Luca are off the board. See that? If Luca and Aiton are there, though, I'll go Aiton over Luca, and then Luca if Aiton's not there. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Uh, but let's move on now to the number one pick because that's the interesting thing. Because right mm-hmm. now, half a game back, two and eight in the last ten, lost five straight. If they have the number one overall pick, is it still Aiton, Ricky? No, I would go with with me. I would have the debate between Luca and Aiton, but at one, I would probably, if you put a gun to my head at this point, I would lean towards Luca solely on the fact of you know what? I'll figure out the front court and free agency. You win in this league. You win titles in this league with your backcourt. And just add backcourt help, and we'll figure out who plays where once we got you guys in the offseason, in preseason. We know you hate Luka, Dave, so you're probably going to hate him, right? <laughs> yeah, you read me like a book, man. Honestly, I, I joke around about the Trey Young shit. Like, I get it. Like, he, he's short, and he is uh, defensively not, not uber gifted, but that one, that one just screams, like, interesting, and Mark Cuban, like, we're going to go outside the box on this shit. Um, but I think Luca's the walkaway winner for the one still in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of his game, I think the more people are seeing of him, 
the more people are starting to respect what he's doing at his age uh, with his frame, how built out he is at age 18. And it's just crazy, you know, what he's able to do. I think that, uh, you know, right now he's the walkaway one in my mind. And I, the thing is, I look at this team and I go, you, you mentioned, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. is like star A and, you know, you're mentioning offense on this team. And I'm like, Harrison Barnes at best is like a 2, well, a I'm 2B. Saying like future. Like, yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I'm saying I don't like, see Harrison like being... 15 years, 10 oh. years down the line. If these guys if these guys are able to stay together. Yeah. Like Harrison Barnes is going to be here in 10 years. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, my, 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 my thought was like Harrison Barnes like on a great team is probably your 2 or 3. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's your second or third option. He's still a very good player, and he's just able to have more volume because of uh, the lineup they're currently rolling with. So I think adding Luka to that team, adding uh, another excellent passer... Um, I, I just think that that fit would be perfect at one for them. I, it's too hard to pass up. See, the thing is with Trey Young. I mean, defensively, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, looking at him in, in that uh, in that Alabama game, uh, <laughs> he he did okay against Colin Sexton. He wasn't great. And then you look at him again playing the, the uh, against the trap. He was turning the ball over a lot. Didn't have a yeah. ton of help. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going Trey Young with my number one overall pick. And then I look at Aiton. I, th- I look at his deficiencies defensively as a worry because if you're dealing with Nerlens Noel and you're not able to get that guy going. Aiton, you're not gonna be able, you're not scary. you're not gonna be able to motivate him. So that's yeah. something that I, I I would push Aiton to the side. And then you look at Luca and great, he's d- beating up CSK Moscow. Awesome, great job, kid. We're really proud of you. So if I am thinking like Mark Cuban, if I am you know really picking the best prospect for my team, I'm going away from Trey Young at number one. I'm going away from DeAndre Aiton at number one. I'm going away from Luka Doncic. I'm staying in the heart of Texas. I'm going to Mo Bamba number one. No, so, yeah. You're like crazy. seriously, let's move on now to the fifth. No, pick. no, 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 no. We're gonna I, move on now to the fifth. I want you to defend that one. I really want. We're like, move no, on now to the fifth. Pick. I'm not even saying it like anything stupid. I really want to hear like why you're thinking that. I just, I just told you. But is like just told you. Would that be? That'd be one hell of a reach, would it not be? Because like you could get him at five, or you could probably get him. Well, let's talk the about picking him at five. Let's move on now to the fifth pick. I if just, Mavericks I don't get it. at five. Who do you think is the best prospect that might be available? Mo Bamba. Like, that's what I would like. See, Mo Bamba is the best well, player available. No matter what, for the one through five, it's, it's Mo Bamba. Why can you guys pick up that p- joke? It was a joke. <laughs> I don't know. I, think. I was just trying to po- point out the negatives to all three of those players so I could say Mo Bamba maybe, for every single maybe, spot. Maybe you were thinking Mo Bamba. But no, like, seriously, at five, getting to the point now. I hate explaining is, jokes, guys. Just run um, with it. <laughs> Young, eight, and will probably be, there, be off the board. Um, the thing is, for me, like, the Kings, and I'll think Tankathonism with Bagley, I don't like that. I think they'll probably go with a Porter. I think everything might be expended to where it's like, you know what? We'll take Bamba, get that backcourt. Like you said, Bring he'll bring defense there to where Dennis Smith can bring the offense. Bamba can be the defense down low. But by some reason, if Michael Porter is there at five, I go ahead and take him because, like— I'm on the page with you, Sean, to where if Michael Porter was completely healthy, he'd be my number one pick. He'd be number one on my big board for sure. And mm-hmm. even without the injury, I would say number one on my big board. Number one pick is a little shaky. But at five, I'll roll that injury question. I'd take Michael Porter or Bamba. Okay. Dave, who are you going at five? I, I think Bamba is kind of the safe answer. Uh, if he's there, mm-hmm. I just feel like... 
I don't know. Wait, wait, I'm probably riding. Why do you like Jaron Jackson over him? Because that's, that's what you're trying to That's what I'm riding. Like, I'm riding Jaron Jackson right now. Um, I mean, Jackson's on the better team. He's playing in a Michigan State team right now that is right. higher in the rankings, look like a more complete team, have Miles Bridges. Uh, my, my my buddy down low, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Wright. No, not Nick Wright. That's the bum from FS1. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a bum anymore. Nick Ward. Nick Ward, my buddy down low. Big big dude, number th- uh, number 33. Sure. Uh, Nick Ward, great player. He was a great um, player. He's a, he's a tank down there. Uh, Miles Bridges, Nick Ward. You got uh, my dude uh, out there, uh, Jeremy Langford as well. Um, I mean, or Joshua Langford. Jeremy Langford is the old Michigan State running back. Uh, Joshua Langford. I mean, old he's he's playing too. a great. He's playing on a great team. So I mean, do you think that doesn't factor into Jaron Jackson's ability out there? Well, that's kind of the question: is how much of this is the team? How much of this is him individually? And we we've seen teams kick out, you know, three, four first round picks, you know, mm-hmm. with old Duke or Kentucky teams. And you know those later guys don't pan out. You know it's really one or two guys carrying the rest of them to that first-round grade. But I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is not you know, one of the leftover guys. I think he is the premier guy, and I didn't see it coming. You know, Coming into the year, we were looking at Bridges. We were looking at um, a couple of these guys, and to me, it came out. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Michigan State fan, so I didn't follow his recruiting very heavily, though. So maybe I'm just way off on that. I just think he's got the physicals. He has a good touch with the ball, and I think that he has a knack, or, or not a knack, uh, a good rim presence. Like he understands where he's at and defensively where he can reach without exposing himself too much. Like it's it's hard to explain that, but I think it, he has a great idea of how to play download defense without giving away free baskets to guys. Um, and forcing them into taking harder shots than they have to. Mm-hmm. So I just think defensively he's there. Offensively he is good enough that I think he is like a, he's better offensively than Bamba. He's not better defensively, but he's not far off. Bamba has the athlete, has has the physical um, traits, the wingspan, yep. and everything like that's amazing. But I just think Jaron Jackson Jr. is more of a whole package. Um, and that, that to me has better upside. It's funny on the first try on takeathon.com, it's sim lottery. Weirdly enough, Dallas ended up at the fifth spot. So, uh, Sacramento ended up at one. I feel like there they have to take DeAndre Ayton because, I mean, best player available. You have to slot him in at the center spot. I know Willie Cauley Stein's there, but you get the youth there. Um, if you are, sure, it's not DeAndre, Bumba? De- if you're DeAndre Ayton, you also could go Luke, 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 Luke <laughs> So let's go, mm-hmm. let's go with DeAndre Ayton though. And then to Orlando, I'm going to give a shout out to our boy Vagberg. Um, <laughs> I got to learn how to pronounce his name. Maybe I'm saying it right, but Vagberg. He wants to lose for Luka. So Orlando ends up getting Luka Donacic. And then you look at three, Phoenix ends up there. Weirdly enough, I think they take a shot at my boy, Michael Porter Jr. I think they realize that at that three spot and at that four spot as well, I mean, he could go either yeah. out, especially with them having TJ Warren, they will go with Michael Porter Jr. I feel like they believe um, in him. I also could see them going Colin Sexton because I think he's a better player than Trey Young. So, you know, actually, let's give them Trey, Let's give them Colin Sexton at three. Oh. So, so Phoenix takes uh, Colin Sexton at three, which leaves Atlanta to take Trey Young. Crazy. Off the board, on the board, Mo Bamba goes to uh, Dallas at five. And weirdly enough, in the heart of Texas, he's averaging 14.7 points per game and 4.6 blocks as well. So Mo Bamba, weirdly enough, fits for uh, the Dallas Mavericks at one, three, and five. Here's what here's what I'm gonna do. Well done, Sean. I'm, Thank out, you. I'm going back to being serious here. I'm I am throw, being serious. I'm not. Let, let me be serious, real quick. Okay. Mo Bamba defensively is an absolute. No, I get that. Monster. I'm just trying you to also fit see, him in you, all the you time. You also see you also see the ability to shoot not only from the free throw line mm-hmm. as a big guy shooting 77 percent from the line, and then also from the outside shooting around 30 percent. Mo Bamba has these skills. I'm not saying he's going to be a Joel Embiid because yeah. he's not there size wise, but he also has the time to put on that size as well. Well, we didn't he think the, Joel Embiid was going to be Joel Embiid. No, but when you look at drafted. Joel Embiid yeah. in college; he was shooting mm-hmm. like 74 percent from the, from the free throw line. 
I mean, offensively, he's not there yet. He's not like DeAndre Ayton, but DeAndre Ayton's a brick shit house. <laughs> Mo Bamba right now. He could be 30. Mo Bamba right now, he's a stick. And, yeah. and Mo Bamba mm-hmm. still has the ability to f- fill out. And I think offensively, he's not that great with, with, with maintaining the ball, but he's also not that good on a Texas – he's not on a great Texas team, so he doesn't have that great talent around him. So I think offensively, he still has a ton of room to grow. And defensively, he's already there. Mm-hmm. And when he gets bigger and, and, and stronger, he's just going to be even more like monstrous out there. Do he has a knack of blocking shots out there. Do you have like a pro comparison you could kind of give? Just I'm just curious to help oh. fill it in. Like, do you feel he fills in like the Gobert style? Like, because that's the one because I feel of the like length be, I've heard. I feel like he could be better offensively than Rudy Gobert. To be honest with you, I mean, Gobert isn't dangerous offensively. Yeah. He's he's okay defen- yeah, offensively. I mean, he, he could be a guy that you know can, can can work around the basket for you. But I feel like Mobamba could even stretch it out more. And, and I think you know if, if he's able to fill out, I think it's going to be easier to compare him. But I think there's a lot of gel in him. To be no. honest with you, I, I I think that defensively he's there, and we've seen Joe this year be a defensive star. I mean, he's one of the best defensive bigs in the league, and it took a, a while for Joe to really stretch out and develop his game. Yeah. Joe was always great offensively, at least down low. He was a, he was a force like Aiton was. Um, but I think Mo Bamba, I, 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 it's tough because I don't know how he will fill out. Um, but I think his ceiling could be Joe, um, and and right now he could be healthy Joe. So that's the coolest thing about him. I'll take a healthy Joe from Obamba. So <laughs> I, I think, like ceiling, like floor wise, maybe, maybe Rudy Gobert. I would probably say that, or like maybe DeAndre Jordan, like with with his defensive abilities okay. and then offensive abilities. Do you want to hear at least running, running some rims? They got mm, Rudy really. and Nerlens. Rudy slash Nerlens is yeah. what they put down. I could see. Nerlens. I mean, Nerlens is the twig who's never going to fill out. It yeah. seems so. Yeah, I could I, see I, Nerlens. I could see that. That was, that was pretty good. I got a wild card if they're at five. Mo Bamba. What if no, not Mo Bamba. What if they go with Mikael Bridges or Michael Bridges? However you Mikhail. say, Mikael. Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges. Um, what if they go with him? Because the thing that I think about, and I don't know how completely true it is, because he backed off on it. I'm going to give a little insight into Jake's kind of Twitter messages with us. Basically, called him Clay Thompson 2.0. Said he's an oversized guard with a big wingspan. He's a lockdown defender and he can hit outside shots. Also. He has to, he can, if he has to, he can take a guy one-on-one. Read what I say next. Yeah, I, I get what no, you just said. Read what <laughs> like, no, just because I'll answer your question. Okay, Sean then said, I don't know if he would be a top tier like Clay, but he could be a great starter. His numbers are impressive, but his usage in college isn't that of a star. But you could take him at five, have him develop into that two, and even if he's not fully Clay, point two, or Clay Thompson 2.0, just the fact that we can have... A, a defensive stop guy at the two could benefit the Mavericks. Yeah, but Mo Bamba's better. Mo Bamba could be your stopper <laughs> at the five. Mo Bamba, no, one through I, five. I think Mikhail Bridges could definitely be on the, on the table for, for, for mm-hmm. Dallas if they reach that five spot, especially if guys like Trey Young, Luka, yeah. Aiton, and then Honestly, maybe if Mo Bamba's off the, the board at, at five, two, then yeah, I could totally see Bridges mm-hmm. being, being a possibility there. Yeah. What were yeah. you going to say? You said honestly. Uh, I, I, honestly, I was like, I think Mikhail's probably a reach still. I haven't seen enough out of him that I would go top five pick. I think he has all the tools, and he's shown that so far, but he's also on a really good Villanova team, and he's not having the usage of a star. Like, you look at him and Clay's numbers in college, very similar. But, and, he, would, and, but, but he wouldn't have to be the star in Dallas. Well, Dennis Smith but, would be but the star. The, the thing is, is that... Will will like the thing is Clay had so much pressure on him mm-hmm. in, in college and he had to you know learn how to be the guy yeah. and and I understand like oh well he didn't have to be the guy 
at, at Villanova. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it plays into the fact that when you're stepping into the NBA, you also you always have to have that ability to be the guy on any given night. And I know Mikael Bridges has done that in, in college, but he hasn't been able to be the guy every single night for his team. And because he's had so many great players to rely around, where Clay was always the guy at Washington State, so I think yeah. that's something that plays into a factor. I like mean, with with Steph, Steph was always the guy mm-hmm. at at, at yeah. uh, Davidson. You look at most of these NBA stars on their team; they were the guy in college. And I understand even if they're. I mean, I don't take huge stock into that though. Like, no, I, mean, I wouldn't either. But I'm saying, like, the reason why you can't look at Clay Thompson and Mikael Bridges' numbers in mm-hmm. college and say, "Oh, he's the next Clay Thompson," is yeah. because. Their usage was completely different, and Clay was shooting more, taking more shots, and had more and pressure with, on him. And with me, I'm not even looking at the numbers. I'm just looking at what he could be. And, I mean, we talked about, like, really it's come but down like, to two positions. But Clay positions. was also chucking up threes. Yeah. Mikhail Bridges is most likely getting more open threes. It's come down to two positions for the Mavericks. Either go for the five, like an Aiton or, like you said, a Bamba, mm-hmm. or go for the two. And if you're at the five, the best guy that would fit the two, I would say— like obviously, if you're at one he's a or two, three, three, he's a wing. You're gonna go with Luca, but I would say Mikhail could fit the two for them better than a Luca. I don't disagree. I, I think I think he fits better just because I mean you'll get two of what ball handlers. Bring. Yeah, you get two yeah. ball handlers in, in Luca and Dennis Smith. But mm-hmm. I think I think Mikhail with if Luca's off, I think he could definitely be a fit there for mm-hmm. for the Mavericks. But let's just jump out. Let's go back to overall prospects because that's gonna be the, the mm-hmm. final question. We're running out of time too. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the best prospect for the Dallas Mavericks? I think the best prospect for them, I'm like s- overall, yes, okay. overall. I'm overall. still going to land the, out. Who's like, the guy that they need to take? the The best fit for them would probably be. I fucking hate Ricky. If I if come I on, agree just with pick Aiden, one. I'll, I I'll say Aiden. That's what I'm going to say. DeAndre Aiden. Why are you so upset? Because I don't want to agree with Ricky. You know, it's, it's, that's rude. I, I think really? he's got a. I think I'm not agreeing with him because he's wrong. It's Mo Bamba. Yeah, <laughs> he's been dominating in the Big 12. You look at his numbers so far: 4.7 blocks per game in the Big 12. Get out of here, Mo Bamba! Averaging 15 points per game. What? Ridiculous. Shooting over 56 percent from the field and 74 percent from the free throw line you know and also averaging around 36 percent from three in the big 12 one of the best basketball uh conferences in college basketball come on you know what else goes towards your argument but if he didn't fall out of that duke game they would have beat duke if he didn't follow that duke game and also he followed out of the texas tech game too yep. only at 12 points could you imagine the potential if he was i mean a little bit would, better defensively they would have beat duke in, in overtime if he was still guarding bagley mo bamba baby Number one overall. <laughs> going to happen. Only to Dallas. Let us know who you think. And the camera's out. Who cares? We're yeah, going to do this. Uh, let, let us know uh, <laughs> who you think the Dallas Mavericks should be taking uh, at one, three, five, or just in general who they should be taking. If you think there is a for sure prospect, they should be taking like uh, Mo Bamba. Uh, but anyways, that's going to wrap it up for the Fast Break Podcast. We love you guys. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes, if you listen through this whole thing through, uh, through what was how long has this been? This has been, uh, it's been a long time. About, about 60 minutes uh, of podcast time. Or if you're like Jake, Download it on, uh, uh, on on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you. We, 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 we really love you for mm-hmm. listening through this whole thing. If you're listening to that segments, we also appreciate you. At home, just a couple of housekeeping things because I forgot at the beginning. Check out mostvaluepodcast.com. We revamped it. It looks pretty damn sweet, and we ought to thank our Patreons for that, for giving us the, uh, the the supplies there. Also, check in the description for MVP t-shirts. You can uh, you can pick up yourself some MVP swag. And also, check out patreon.com slash mostvaluepodcast. If you want to join Jake and step on either the onside kick, the Fast Break Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, the Patreon Podcast with C- Christian jump down as well. Yeah, I was uh, surprised that Christian wanted to be on with check us out last the, month. Uh, check out the $10 tier uh, on patreon.com slash most available podcast. And also, last and final thing, if you're listening on iTunes, if you have an iTunes account, 
go over there and give us five stars either on the Fast Break, the Onside Kick, the Rick and Johnny, the Primetime Podcast, uh, the, a graphic conversation, or you can give it to all of them as well. We'd really appreciate your help for that. But for Dave Oster, for Ricky Wimmer, for our special guest, Jake Neverman, and me, Sean Anderson, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.